Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. I still remember the, uh, I was riding down the street when I was a kid. And, right, uh, riding, uh, were you riding low and... Like what were you riding? I was on my BMX, dude. Yes, of course the BMX. You know bike. the ones where you build you build jumps and uh, <laughs> dude the good old days. Yeah, no helmets, no helmets. No, no, yeah. none like that. And I was riding down the street, and I remember my buddy Paul was like, "Bill, Bill, come here, come on, check this out." So I was like, "Okay, what's he talking about?" Mm-hmm. And so I go into his house, and uh, we get on the computer. And I'm like, "So what? It's a computer, right?" And then he uh, he starts this process of this thing called AOL <laughs> and it had this little guy. No, it didn't even have a little guy at the time. It, it was just old had, school. It AOL. was like, like people. Yeah. And then it had like a lightning bolt and it was like, <laughs> yeah. and then you're in there and like literally like, like three minutes later, Dude, you that's a fast on. connection. Three minutes. Yeah, I, maybe it was five. I would go make steaks, come back, and it'd still, still be like trying to load up, <laughs> right? And right. so, uh, so I'm, I'm in 56K, there. Fifty six k, dude, was huge. Fifty six k was awesome, and um, and so we're we're staring at this computer, and all of a sudden, boom, pops up literally this like bulletin board looking thing. Yeah, and you see like, hi, hi, <laughs> hi, who's here? Hi. And that was my first introduction to the internet. That, and then right after that, because we were so bored with what is this bulletin board thing. Right. To then, he looked up this thing called black hairy tongue. What? It's a medical condition. No, it's not. It's the grossest thing. Is this the first account of fake news? What's going on? No, it's crazy. If you get a chance, not right now in your car. No, I'm doing it right now. Okay, check it out. Black hairy tongue. Is that like the song from Soundgarden? (laughs) That would be awesome. That was their first cut, but Black Hole Sun <laughs> made the it made the album. Black hairy tongue, won't you come? No. Oh, gross. <laughs> I apologize gross. to all Soundgarden fans right now. That was the worst yeah. rendition ever. I apologize. That was pretty you bad. Should hold that against me for a long time to come. I'm just glad you didn't do anything like okay. Temple of the Dog, because I would have been pretty mad at that point. Black hairy tongue. Oh, my gosh. Is, are you kidding me? Is that real? Yeah, it's gross. Lingua I haven't seen it forever. Veloso Niagara. That's the uh, medical term, by the way. Wow. It's, it looks nasty, doesn't it? it like, you dude, it looks up. like coffee grinds on your tongue. Yeah, it's nasty. Oh. So anyways, so... Oh. Could so the- you imagine going on a date with someone? Just for a side... And like talking... And you don't look at people's tongue when you're talking. And then things are going well. You're like, got some chemistry. You things know, are good. Things are good. And you go up... Barry and- White's in the background. <laughs> exactly. And you're at the end of the day and you're like going, man, I want to kiss this girl. And then you go and you go... And... Uh, yeah. I need to tell you something about my tongue. <laughs> Black, hairy t- It's gross. It'd be a deal breaker for me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm shallow like that. I'd be like, uh, great personality. I'm out. <laughs> but whatever that is, I don't want it. That's all I know. I just don't want it. So uh, anyway, so 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 back to the story. Yeah. Back so that story. was my first introduction to the internet, and and that changed everything. Like it changed my whole life because at that point, then it was like every day we're over there looking up stuff and like I mean just normal, I mean safe things, guys. I mean I, I we hadn't arrived at that point where it was we we're looking up inappropriate things at that you know at that point there was a point, but that wasn't yeah. then. Yeah. And um. And so it was just fun, but like, 
but it was there wasn't much going on. But I just, I just remember every day we went over there, and we literally it was about five plus minutes to just sign in to <laughs> AOL. You the, know, the say, first true time to 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 absolutely waste time on the internet. Yes, and and I mean, because I remember when they were like, "Oh, there's this new thing called the World Wide Web." And we're like, so I bet you, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to know how people actually know what WWW stands for anymore. <laughs> so it's like, in fact, most things you don't even put it on there no. anymore. It's just, so anyways, so I just remember from that moment on, as I look back at my life in the 20 years uh, that was there, <laughs> everything changed yeah. and everything got busier. Ah. And so before that, I just remember that life was a lot slower. Right. And, and, and almost like even now, so I'm thinking about this in, in, the, in the idea of we pursue our dreams, we pursue our wives, we pursue our kids, and we want this, I want this instant fix. Like, okay, I prayed once and I'm done. Ooh. And I'm like, okay, so you should be showing up by Thursday. Like, it's Monday, right. so by Thursday, <laughs> right. the game plan is you should be fixing everything. I put my prayer in this microwave, and if that popcorn's not done in a minute and a half, two minutes, it's... Forget it, God. You must not be real. You must not care for me. You must not love me kind of stuff. Exactly. And so Instant gratification. It has inundated everything. Yeah. Remember when McDonald's used to be a treat? Yeah. Now it's like a curse. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when yeah. we tell our kids we're going to McDonald's, they're like, oh. Back in go. our day, man, McDonald's was like, that was like going to Ponderosa. It, it was, was fantastic. And for those of you who don't know who, what Ponderosa was. A sweet restaurant in the yeah. Midwest. Yes. Yes, you've missed. Well, it was even in New York, and so it was a great thing. So, so I, I, I guess I say like everything just got busier, but I would say that as we look at Scripture and as as how God challenges us, there is this concept of waiting that that I struggle with, and I know a lot of guys that I talk to struggle with. Like they want it done now, they want it fixed now, they want to hear, but we forget that that Jesus, when he talked in Scripture, he spoke on an agricultural level. He didn't speak on a mechanical level. Right. Like, okay, go over here, you know, fix this, and then everything works quick. Everything was based on, on agriculture. Times. Planting. Yeah, times. Seasons. It's funny because I, I was even looking, you know, our, you know, our dreams take time. I guess what I'm saying. Our dreams take time. Our struggles take time. Our prayers take time. Our relationships take time. Yeah. You know, we were talking, and, and you had mentioned this really cool thing about this idea that, that the enemy fights against this. Right, right. So uh, I've been reading this book. It's by uh, Tim Elmore. Um, and by all means, if, you get, if you're a reader, pick up some of his stuff. He's brilliant. He writes a lot about education and the implications of education and the culture and everything. Anyways, he has this acronym that kind of, he, he, he juxtaposes, if that's a word, um, the reality and the, the things that are culture values and, and the negative, that's the $2 word today, <laughs> juxtapose, um, and the negatives that, that that produces in our culture. And if you look at the negatives, those are the very things that God values. So what I mean by that is the acronym is SEEN, S-C-E-N-E. And so he says, we have a culture that values speed, so that means slow is bad. Mm. We, have a value, we have a culture that values convenience, so that means Hard work is bad. We have, a val- we, we have a culture that values entertainment, so that means boring is bad. And I'm nailing all, and as I'm reading this, I'm like going, holy smokes. I look at my kids, I look at my own life. That is the very things that I fight against all the time. Yeah. You know, if I have an afternoon to do nothing, I feel guilty. Isn't that weird? Oh, it's so weird, you know? In fact, uh, oh, I'll finish the acronym real quick. Nurture is important. You know, we got to have to nurture people. We have to listen to them. And so as a result, we're teaching a generation to not take risks. 
You know, because so they have like to have the nurture is good, but it could, but it could, but when the pendulum swings yes. so far. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So that's why we have padding around the brick in our fireplace because our one year old is learning to walk and we don't want them to hit their head on it. And we want helmets on everyone's life. And you know, yeah, it's just overprotection. Remember the first time you thing. put a knife into the, into a plug? <laughs> I do. I, I, I don't because I, I blacked out at that moment. I was extremely aware. I, re- I remember <laughs> I'm grabbing that knife and just, boom, there's a butter yeah. knife and bam. And that just, it took me about, it took me about three seconds to realize don't do that again. So my, my boys, hilarious moment. My boys did it. They took out the, the nightlight just enough where it was still working, but they could slide a penny behind. <laughs> so the penny connected the two uh, and it, it, Smoke in the room, the whole lights, everything. It was awesome. Boy. And they, the boys just like, eyes were huge. Wide. Yeah. And they're like, so much trouble. I don't know what happened. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you don't know what happened. You fool. So, anyways, nurture is good. We value nurture. And so, taking risk is bad. And we're not teaching people ourselves how to take a risk. Mm. And then the final one is entitlement is valued. Oh, yeah. And so, we don't value labor and hard work. We don't value the things that Mike Rowe is always talking about. Dude, if you don't listen to Mike Rowe and what he does, his I'll, dirty jobs. He he has a he has a pot. yeah, dude, listen to that man. He's he's so dialed in. So anyways, the whole speed and convenience thing versus the slow and, and, and stuff. And that ties exactly into what you're talking about with agriculture. Yeah. You think about being a farmer. You think about the, the, the risk that he's taking, throwing seed in the ground in the spring, having no clue what the rain's going to do or not do, doesn't know when the hailstorm's going to come through, doesn't know any of that stuff. Yeah. He's taking this huge risk, and then he just waits. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't do nothing. He, 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 you know, he does what he can. He, does he makes he can. sure that he, he gets the weeds out of there. He makes sure that pest control and everything's going through there. And, and he does what he can to, to give it the best chance possible to grow. But at the end of the day, the corn is ready when the corn is ready. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to speed that up. And yeah. that's so contrary to my life. That's so contrary to the culture that is is reactionary more than than having the opportunity. Dude, and this is my little soapbox right now. Can I get on a soapbox? Yeah, get on a soapbox. We, our kids have more knowledge at their fingertips than any generation in the history of man. The problem isn't the knowledge or the information. The problem is we have not taught our kids how to have wisdom to use any of that knowledge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so they just reaction and regurgitate and it is just like, blah. And, 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 and man, the, the, the one who is taught and trained how to take in information to sit to wait, to ponder, to discuss before formulating the answer or another question, that guy in our culture is going to be more and more valued than ever. And that's what I want to do more in my own life is learn how to slow down, not be the one with the quick reaction, the quick answer, and say, I don't know yet, but I will. It's funny because the Bible says that life is a vapor and we've made it like doubly a vapor. You know, like it's not just a vapor. It's like it's, it's less than a fart now. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you vape? Are you a vapor? I'm not a vapor. I'm not a vapor. That's vapor. E-R. <laughs> I-M-A-V-A-P-O-R. And so I think, I think. A viper. A viper. You know, I was reading that in first Corinthians because Paul's talking about this and I love Paul because he's just awesome. He's probably one of my favorite people when it comes to the scriptures of how he, he just spoke when he needed to speak, but he, he did it with love. He cared about people, but he, he didn't worry about what people thought. He really didn't because 
That's why people wanted to kill him, probably. Yeah, well, and, and I love his backstory. The fact yeah. that he was he was the least likely to be chosen to be the champion for Absolutely. Jesus Christ. He was a guy that was... And so he didn't let his past define him. In fact, he let God redefine his past to become something glorious. And, yeah. and, and man... If I could do that, if we could do that, that'd be fantastic. So I love Paul too. Paul's, no, it's, Paul's the bomb. Paul is. And so the bomb.com. Oh gosh, we just aged ourselves. <laughs> we already are aged, but it's okay. Hopefully no one under like 18 is It's a dad joke, dude. It's a dad joke. What do we do? Joke. It's a dad Hashtag joke. dad jokes. So in 1 Corinthians 3, he says, in verse 6, he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we're God's fellow workers, and you are God's field, God's building. And so so he talks about this concept of one person waters, another element, you know, I mean, one person plants, another element waters. And and so and so And I think some people are meant to tend. I'm sorry. Yeah, Just to no, throw that in no, there too. That that is good. So so there's a lot of elements in there. A it shows that it takes more than us. It takes a lot of time. If you've ever put out seed, if you've ever tried to do you know, I love that when we were first married. And um, Sarah's like, we're going to grow some stuff. And I'm like, really? And so in our, in our, uh, our first house, we, we put out, we, we tried to do a garden and I suck <laughs> at gardening. Gardening is so hard. I'm like, yay, we made 4 million tomatoes when I could have bought those for $4 <laughs> at the store. And I spent two months of my life. And, and I've got, one of my old, one of my old, one of my heroes, one of my, one of my pastors, he, he's my, one of my heroes, he does this stuff and he's like incredible. He, he could like, he could like put his hand in the ground and like, oh, like, you know, corn grows in right, two minutes. Right. I can't. And so, so I look at it cause I'm like, okay, I put the seed in. Where's, where's the corn? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> where is it? And I want it now. And I feel like so many times that's how it is with my Christian life. And with those that I, that I see who battle with it is like, where, where's the fruit right now? Right. But it takes time. And I think it's us being willing to go take a break, slow down. This is an agricultural thing. So so it's being willing to wait, but we don't want to wait. We want to just see it happen now. Of course we do. I mean, we, we live in a society of drop-down menus, if not even drop-down menus. I literally, I ask my son a question, and he gets on his phone and goes, what's the capital of, and I'm like, no, 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 look it up. Like, you don't even have to type it in your phone anymore. Alexa, what's the answer exactly, to? Exactly, which is really scary that Alexa knows everything about us. And so, so, I mean, I think that, that the biggest thing is, is us breaking this idea that this is going to, to be the, to be the norm of, okay, well I ask God and then immediately it happens in a matter of a matter of a, of a few days. And then we're like, well, no, God, God must not be in this. And we're like, no, 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 he is. So, so our desire then is to give up. Our desire then is to, um, change or to try and short circuit the process instead of just knowing in our heart of hearts the long investment that it takes to some things that are worthwhile yeah. and to just be faithful with those things, to just be faithful, to be faithful. It's the idea of, um, I had a, a pastor a long time ago uh, encourage me that um, as soon as you start having kids, you should start praying for your kid's spouse. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Dude, that's 22 years away, you know? No, it's 37. Well, <laughs> For our daughters, yes. my daughters, it's like yes. about forty-two or thirty-six. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh I, what a curse we would put on them! I'd be so terrible. <laughs> I would be horrible. But 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 it's that idea of it, a little investment every single day, just praying for our kids' spouses, 
Because yeah. we know now with our friendships and with our own relationships, not just the person they marry, but the family they marry into yeah. is huge. Yeah. And they're doing things right now that are going to influence how they are as a husband or wife, how they are as a father, mother, how they are as a, as a friend. And and to, to, to know that a stranger who didn't even know their name at that time was praying for them for 20 years. Yeah. That's powerful. But again, it goes back to what you're saying. Patience investment and being um, just faithful, being faithful and not giving up is yeah. huge. And don't you see that throughout the Old Testament? Yeah. Don't you see that throughout the Bible? I mean, how many how many generations of people when they were enslaved to Egypt, did they pray for, for rescue, for rescue, for rescue, for rescue? It took 400 years for things to get right when God finally rolled in and said, yes. all right, now, now the time is right. Yes, Now the exactly. time is right. Well, you know, okay, let's see the story of Moses. And if you're not familiar with Moses' story, Moses was, you know, born into slavery in the land of Egypt. And his mom uh, basically just put him in a little little boat and said, I don't want them to kill you. And that's what they were doing. They were killing, they were murdering every single male, right. Jewish, uh, J- Jewish male. And they were, they were, they were sending them. So, so she basically just put him in a little boat, sent him down the river. And in God's divine protection, the the daughter of the the only person who could she have pulled this risk. card she yeah. took a risk she grabbed that baby and said hey dad I'm gonna keep this baby and he's like happened to be the daughter of the pharaoh exactly the one who's in charge like so talk about God's divine so for forty years he lived and then check this out his sister kind of followed followed the little the little boat I'm gonna call it a boat but it wasn't that it was a you know and so I think they actually called it a like ark in one of the, one of the versions and yeah. I'm like so. Yeah. So Moses did have an ark, you know what I'm Aww. saying? And so, um, so his, his sister follows along like the shoreline and then goes up to the queen and goes, I have a lady who can take care of it, take care of this baby. And she went back to her mom and said, mom, you're going to get to have your baby back. And so for 40 years, Crazy. he lived as the, the son of the princess. And he knew at some point in there, he knew, I don't, that story doesn't actually indicate when, but he knew that he was Jewish. Right. Obviously, like it was a little different, probably a different different skin color, you know, looked different. And so so there's there's all of these elements. So for 40 years, he lived as as Pharaoh's grandson. And then he cre- creates an offense against him. And the Pharaoh's like, I'm going to kill you. Oh, yeah. So he runs for 40 years. He lives in the wilderness. And then God calls him back. And for 40 years, he helps free or well, freeze, freeze the nation uh, of Israel. And then kind of leads them in the wilderness. Right. Crazy thing about that. 40 years. 40. 40, three 40-year periods. And I'm worried about next Thursday, I want this to be done by. (laughs) And I'm going, so so, so we have to slow this down because I'm going, well, God, it's been eight months. Right. You haven't answered. A, this shows me a few things. Your timeline does not matter. So you need to leave your expectations at the door. So every time that I had a point of failure in my journey where, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, that I'm, that I'm done with those failures, right. but when I failed, it's because I put a false expectation. Oh. So we need to leave our expectations at the feet of Jesus. God, I want to do this. Here, here's my dream. And even when we do that, there always seems to be a timeline. You know what I'm talking about, guys? When you get in this timeline of like, okay, I'm going to do this. And in two years, I'll 
have a quarter of a million dollars and my business will be blowing up. And then two years later, you're still, you're still scrapping on your own. Maybe with one, one part-time employee, you're trying to make something happen. Yeah. You're buying used tires because you can't afford new tires for your car. Correct. Or, or, or you've, you've tried to develop a relationship and it takes a lot more and it's like, and you're like, why isn't it happening? I.e. God's not real or this is, this is a hoax. This isn't it. It, it. It's walking in the idea that it's worth the waiting. It's worth the time. And I've put my timeline Basically, I've tabled that and I've said, this doesn't even exist. So right. my expectations have to go as much as, so when I give God the desires of my heart and I, and I, and I put my hope in him, Psalm 37, four, delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. That is, I put all of this at him. I go, God, here's everything, even my expectations. Right. And I stop at that point. And when we give them over to God, what, what the amazing thing is, is our, our, our hopes, our dreams and our expectations don't stay static. Because the spirit continues to work and to prune yeah. those, you know, again, in an agricultural term, to prune, to transform, to um, replant some things, to ditch other things. And all of a sudden, five, ten years down the road, what we realize is our original dreams or expectations or, or whatever have been transformed to be more in line with the hearts and the desires of Christ. And yeah. so when they actually come to fruition, they're no longer truly ours. They're his. He just had to invest in us to to prune us to understand no wait, these desires these are actually your desires god for my life not yeah. mine yeah and it, it but it takes time yes takes time and we hate it so i think it's i think a big challenge is going i'm willing to lay my expectations down am i willing to lay my expectations of what i think is going to happen so i'm pursuing the heart of my wife and she doesn't want anything to do with me well it probably took you a good over a decade to get where you are it's going right. to take some time. Like right now, so I'm in the middle of weight loss, trying to lose some weight, and you hit that kind of bump in there, and you're like, I just want cookies and chocolate milk right now. <laughs> or I just want a sub, Twinkie. or I just want Dude, 900 pizzas. Love Twinkies. Oh, it's so good. And I'm going, so we have an opportunity to go, okay, my expectations were in one month, as right. an almost 40-year-old, that I'm going to lose all my weight. <laughs> Not realistic. So it's going, I'm going to take this expectation and put on, and, and just kind of cast this expectation when I go, God... You're working on a piece at a time. Right. You, did, you didn't gain it overnight. You're not going to lose it overnight. Same but thing But I'm going to faithfully invest in the disciplines that I need to do to lose the weight. And not even to lose the weight. If I invest in the healthy, healthy disciplines, the weight will naturally come out. Correct. You know, it's just a matter of, again, being disciplined. You That's know? it. And, and, and doing, doing what you know needs to be done today so that one day it may prove beneficial. And I believe that this is what real manhood looks like because you're willing to go through that weird, awkward waiting period. You know, just like the farmer who he can't, he can't, uh, gear up or get ready for a, a drought that's going to happen. He plants, he waters, it doesn't rain. There's no more rain. He God, plants, he waters, uh, a fire happens. He plants, he waters and does what he can, but his, all of his machinery breaks down. Yep. He plants, he waters, um, his, his wife has cancer. And he can't focus on it anymore. There are so many elements outside of us that we don't see in the midst of this that God is using in, in, in this whole agricultural mindset of us going, God, here's my desire. Here's my hope. Here's, here, here's my prayer. And we go, okay, I expect it by next week. Right. You know, another good illustration is, and in the Mideast, mid, mid, uh, they're all over the place. These beautiful tile mosaics. They're from like small, like little floor things to these huge walls. And I think what you're talking about is the reality that God is far enough back and he sees every single stone on this mosaic. You and I, we're so close, we see two. Yeah. 
And we're trying to figure out how these two pieces fit in this huge mosaic. And instead of looking at this wall, what we need to do, maybe, is turn and look to the one who actually sees the full picture and says, okay, God, I don't understand these two tiles. I don't understand how this fits into this huge picture, yeah. but maybe I'm not supposed to. But yeah. I know you do. And so I want to look more and more at you and what you're doing and what you see and less and less at the two jagged, sharp pieces that seem to have no connection to anything. Yeah. And I'm going to trust you with these bad boys. And then what do we do? We wait. We wait. We wait. And then so, so I guess you're going, thanks. Great. So now I, I got to wait. This right. sucks. And a lot this of guys been... are waiting in traffic right now going, oh, my Lord, I hate stupid this. dude, traffic jam. I like, hate what this. What the heck? And so I think the best thing for us to do is this is where the word abide comes in. We need to abide in Christ. I use that word all the time in my life. What the heck does abide mean? Like, what does that mean? You know, and you're like, great, I've, I've heard that sometime. Maybe I was at church and I heard that and I'm like, what, is a, what does abide mean? John 15, if you want a, a great definition and an illustration of what abide means, it is found in John 15. And, and, and it's this whole illustration that Jesus is teaching his disciples this idea, this concept of like, okay, we as a culture are obsessed with the fruit of like the results of our work. We are obsessed with it. We, we value it. We uh, evaluate it. We, uh, you know, we'll, we'll tweak it and everything else. And what Jesus does, he flips that off. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm the vine. You are the branch. Abide in me, which means turn towards me, the branch. Yeah. And I will produce fruit through your life. And it sets this up of, are you focused on the fruit? Or are you focused on Christ? And trusting that Christ will bring for or through you the actual fruit that He wants to produce in your life, and yeah. and, and and so yeah, abiding is huge, but it is word that we do not use often. Well, you know, and I think that's it. Like even even as you're talking, I, I keep thinking about like Instagram, Facebook, social media. You post a picture, and then you wait to see how many likes you get. And there there's this instant gratification. But if you get two likes, you're like, oh, this is unsuccessful. Right. And so 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 we we we've put ourselves into this culture of social media being the way in which we impact people, um, sadly, because we forget that the talks, and think about it in your life, the times when someone said one word or one phrase to you 15 years ago, and that changed the course of your history by maybe, by maybe one degree. Right. When someone believed in you and no one else did and said, man, you did great that day, and you're like, oh, this and is awesome. And one degree over five feet doesn't look different. One degree over five years you're in a completely different town. Well, that's it. I think I think it's, it's us knowing that 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 your words invest not just now, but in but into the legacy of someone else. Go on, going back into that, but we want the instant fruit. And so I think even in the sabbat, you're like, what does this mean? So you know, so I heard this great story about the vineyards over in Europe. Yeah, and uh, and how important the winter times were for vineyards. See, winter for me is the time that you sit down, play euchre, and do nothing. Like up in the Midwest, you're yeah. like, what are you going to do? It's freezing cold. And I'm sure it's very similar in Europe. It's just cold. So I would assume cold. winter is wasted time. Wasted time. And so so you, so you would assume that this is a wasted time. But in, in the winter, it's actually one of the most valuable times if you talk to, 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 to a vine dresser over there, uh, a vineyard tender. What they would do is they actually walk through through the vineyard and that's why I do some of the pruning and it's, it sucks. Like, let's be honest, like pruning sucks in your life when you feel like things are dead and cold because everything works in season. Our life works in seasons. So these, these wintertime seasons are very valuable. So the vine dresser actually, what he would do is he, he would walk through 
through the vineyard. Because at that point, there's not leaves, and he can see the heart of the vine. Mm. And so in these, in these times, when he finds a vine that looks strong, but it's on its own, so say it's, say it's kind of unwoven and it's grown out that year. Right. If it looks like a strong vine that will produce fruit, if it's on its own and it produces that fruit, the fruit will actually kill that, that vine. The weight of the fruit, the will, actually of the fruit kill. will actually kill because it. Because if, if the vine tries to do it on its own, is what you're saying, yeah. the, ultimately, it will, the fruit will kill the vine. Correct. And so what he does is he actually takes that vine and he reweaves it into the rest of the vi- in the rest of the vine so that it has strength with everything else that's in it to, to work together, to strengthen each other. He also prunes at that point to say, this one's not going to produce fruit, so it starts to cut out. So even in our lives, in this waiting, see, we, I've heard this analogy before that, that God puts you on the shelf, and I think that's a bunch of garbage. I don't think God ever puts you on the shelf. I think he puts you to the weight room, and he goes, okay, work out. Because... It, it's like we're waiting for the game and he puts us on the bench. And we're like, okay, I'm doing nothing to prepare myself for when I'm called to go to the game. And, 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 and if we don't prepare ourselves for when we're ready to go to the game, we're not ready to be in the game. Right. So this is the time to go in this waiting. What can I do? How do I abide? How do I stay connected? And that literally is spending time with Jesus. That stuff we talked about, walking into the awkward, stepping the awkward, opening up God's word and being like, I'm going to learn some of this. These, these are the ways, this is a great time to stop and, and take this and go, you know what? You know, I remember one time I was, I was frustrated because I didn't see much going on with, with, with my life. And, uh, and one of my buddies, I said, man, I go, I feel like right now I'm, I'm just mowing the yard. And, uh, and he said, well, Bill, maybe God just wants you to mow the yard today and just enjoy your yard. Great wise words would have frustrated the heck out of me. It frustrated me I, like I crazy. Like, no, I want to do something. Yeah. So what I did was I said, I'm going to, I'm going to get into that and I'm going to go, well, but, but around me right, right now are kids that want to spend time with me. Like my dream is off in the distance, but God's timeline is completely different than ours. It's agricultural. Remember, he hasn't given up on you or God's word's not true. He didn't give up on you. He's not sitting there going, man, when you get your crap ready together, we'll start talking. He's not there. Right. He's not there. Right. He's saying, this is a time for you to get to connect with me more, connect with others look around you and go, what do I need to, to grow here? Because when, when God blows this up, I'm ready because I've, I, I, I've secured relationship. I, you know, I've connected with my family. My family knows my heart so that when I go, Hey, I've got to go do this. Cause God's telling me, they're like, I got you. Right. Because we haven't alienated them from our dreams on our own. We're doing this with them. This is how we connect them to our dreams as we get them close to us. So maybe, maybe, maybe the takeaway from today is this realize Life does have seasons. The worst yeah. thing you can do is try to live life outside of the season you're actually in. And yeah. what I mean by that is, That's good. what a foolish farmer to plant in the fall. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because he's just harvested. The field is empty. He could look at that and go, man, the weather's beautiful today. I should plant again. But he's not honest with the season that he's in. And we would look at him and go, man, what a foolish guy. You just wasted all that energy, all those resources because you're in the wrong season. And I think for me, when I'm in seasons of winter, to just realize God is pruning me. Yeah. And so I'm going to abide. It might be hard. It might get cold. It might get brittle. I'm just going to abide. When it's spring, because spring's coming, and spring is going to take a it ton of to. energy. That's the thing. It, it has, has to come. To come. Um, and, and, and so I'm going to be ready when spring is coming, because I've spent time 
waiting on the Lord. And that spring comes, boom. And then guess what happens? Summer happens. And summer is another abiding season, but it's a different kind of abiding season than the, the winter is. Yeah. Because the thing's been planted. God is the one who grows it. You're faithful to tend it. But at the end of the day, God is the one who grows whatever it is. And then the fall comes and then you expel tons of energy and resources to harvest. Yeah. And then you have this high and then all of a sudden you, co- you, you come home after the harvest and you go, I'm exhausted. And you God goes, out. right. And Abide in the me. Rest. And then, and then you realize that that's why sleep is important because it shows us that we're not really I in control. Sleep. Yeah, we're, we're not really in control. God's in control. So for, it's for us to go, God, I'm, I'm trusting you. That's kind of where sleep is. Like the world doesn't, the world's going to keep turning but after you're gone. So it's going, okay, I need to, to acknowledge that God's in control of this, not, not me. And this is in his timing. He's got something great for me. Again, those three filters. Is God's word true? Yes, it is. If God's word's true, he's for you. If he's for you, you are a masterpiece. Regardless of your season, those things remain the same. Absolutely. So you continue to live in those. This is the abiding thing. God, do I really believe your word's true? Let me go back to that. I've been, I've been worn out. I haven't spent time with you. Do I really believe this is true still after I do this? I've given of myself so much. And then, God, you're, yes, I believe your word's true. And you are, you are slow to get angry, abounding love. You're for me. 1 John 4, 19, you are madly in love with me. So just because my situation doesn't look like you love me, that truth is still there. Right. You still see me as valuable. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I just had an argument with my wife. I need to stop, slow down. God, you still see me as a masterpiece. Let's work through this. Let me go back to just abiding in you. So a challenge that I throw out to the guys today, when you're listening to talk radio or when you're listening to sports radio, turn it off. You have an app on your phone. If you don't get it, it's Bible app or, or whatever it is. You version. You version. And here's the crazy thing with you version. First off, it's free. And every single Bible version is on there. Get one that you like or your church uses. NIV, ESV, RSV, you know, whatever. A, B, C, D, F, G. G, H, I, A, B, C. Easiest one, two, three. I'm sorry. Old Jackson. You're not a right Michael. There. You're not no, a Michael. I'm, I'm not sorry. a Michael. Anyways, so we digress. So instead of listening to guys talk on the radio about sports, stuff that's here today, gone tomorrow, take and, and just five minutes. Yeah. Download that app. You don't need to read it. It has a little button on the bottom. It's yeah. a little arrow. It's amazing. It means play. And it reads it to you. And so five minutes a day, man, when you're in the car going someplace, instead of listening to how the Dallas Mavericks did or didn't do because they're horrible, listen to God's word. Yeah. Just listen to God's word. That's abiding. Yeah, there's no magic principle. That is abiding in God. We're like, well, I don't understand that. There's no scientific plan here. It's abiding in God is God, I need you. And, and we recognize that we're not the vine. We are connected to the vine. Right. So my question to you, Bill, is this. Yeah. By the way, this is Travis. Bill, this is my question to you. <laughs> it's okay. Introductions <laughs> can happen at the end. Let's say I haven't read the Bible ever or in a long time. It's a huge book, man. Yeah. Do you start at the beginning, Genesis, or do you start somewhere else? What book of the Bible would you recommend if a guy today is realizing, man, I need to learn how to wait on the Lord. I need to find out how to abide in the Lord. I'm going to start listening to the word on my car, my commute. What book of the Bible would you recommend that they tie into today? I mean, I'll be honest with you. My go-to would be like John. Yeah, I would go with John and so, too. And I say that because I, we want you to look at it from the idea that Jesus is really cool. Like, I think he's awesome. He changed my life forever, and I think we need to look at it not from the, 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 the priestly mindset that we, that we put in Jesus to go, you know what I mean? But this is a guy who loved people. Right. So start there. Just listen. John 1, just listen to it. If you're like, well, I want to read more. 
You know what's you know crazy? There's these Proverbs, a book of Proverbs. There's 31 of them. Guess how you, many days in the month normally there are? At most, there's 31. At most. Even in a leap year. There's not 32. <laughs> just 31. Just 31. So you can go through and go, I'm going to try that. But don't don't put this standard in yourself. I've got to read through. I've got to do this. No, no. The abiding is you going, God, I'm going to put you back on the throne. I'm going to know that this that this comes from you alone. So give me something today. Right. Doesn't it be some some huge lofty prayer? God, just speak to me today. One thing. That's all. Yeah. And shut it off. And you're good. And just think about it. Yeah. Walk through it. Abide in him. And then trust him with the fruits. And I yes. promise you, as we, as husbands, fathers, workers, everything else, learn to abide, he will produce the fruit that he wants in our lives. Yeah. It is a promise. His word is true. And he says, I will bring forth good fruit that's not just a blessing to you, but ultimately a blessing to others, to your wife, to your kids, yeah. to your employment, to all of those things that we value, overvalue. He says, trust me, just abide. All I want you to do is abide in me. So I would say book of John, if you're new to this whole story, go to the book of John. If you've been in church and you kind of get it, I'd go to the book of Acts because Acts is the reminder that yeah. the spirit is passionate for people who don't know Jesus. Yeah. Like, like it's not just like passive, like, hey, we have a meal here. Come on over if you want to. It is actively going out and connecting with people who are destined for hell. And it is a great reminder to you and to me how powerful the spirit is when people abide and obey Jesus Christ. It's amazing. And if you really want some deep theology, go to the book of Romans or first Corinthians. Those books are amazing. Yeah. So those would be my three options, man. Just three hits. Go That's to the good. book of John. If you just want to learn about Jesus and how awesome he is and how crazy and love he is with you and other people, go to the book of John. If you want to go to the next step, book of Acts is an amazing story. If you want to go deep theology, Romans will rock your world. Mm -hmm. It was good stuff. So waiting on God, leave your expectations behind and just learn to abide in him. Waiting is worth it. Guys, it's worth it. Because of Jesus, you have what it takes. So live in it. Um, but I would say this. Okay, great. Dad for dad. This is not practical stuff. Like how do I do X, Y, and Z in my house with my kids? Like I just want to know how I get my kids to like, um, obey me or how, how to invest in my kid, you know, in X, Y, and Z, or how do I do discipline with my kids? That stuff is coming down the road. This is the foundation stuff that that stuff starts to make sense. Yeah. And, and we start to see through a different lens when we're talking to our kids. So just trust yeah, us. No, that's good. Invest in the abiding and we'll get to those practical things of what dads for dads is all about. Yeah. But we wanted to start here. We had to start here. And I would even say this. Remember that time when you were shaving and your kid walked up next to you and wanted to learn how to shave, this is one of those, you learn how to shave first before they learn how to shave. Brilliant. So if they watch you abide in Christ, they are watching you. They're going to learn how to, how to abide in Christ because you're learning how to, how to abide in Christ. So Agreed, learn to wait, man. learn to abide. We're thankful for you. You guys have what it takes. All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy Podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.